Welcome back to Bleacher Brawls, ladies and gentlemen. It's another Stripes episode. I am always happy. This is John, your host, the better host than Luke. Uh, always here, happy to talk with Kasim and Derek. And for you listeners, we got a nice surprise for you tonight. We are welcoming in Michael. Michael from Cincinnati. He's from Cincinnati. Big Yankees fan. We are happy to have him on board. Uh, I've spoken to him and he knows his stuff. So, uh, Michael, we'll start with you tonight. I just want to say welcome. Why don't you tell us about yourself a little? Hey, what's up, guys? I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, uh, so I'm living in Cincinnati. Probably lived here half my life. Um, you know, born in New Jersey. So uh, parents are from Staten Island, New York. Inherited all the New York teams, uh, Yankees, Giants, Knicks. Um, really will root for any New York teams as long as they're not playing one of those three. Uh you know, naturally, uh, you know, throwing a sprinkle of a few Reds. You know, all my friends are Reds fans. So, uh, naturally, go to Reds games. And as long as they're not playing uh, an NY team, more room for them. So, yeah, man, excited to join. I'm happy to be here. Awesome, man. Welcome. We're happy to have you, too. Um, next up, we're going to say hi to Derek. Derek, it's our first pitch, man. What have you been up to in the past week? Uh, not much. I'm actually doing some uh... – uh, I'm narrowing down what I'm going to be deciding to do for college. So once I have that ready, um, as a, if you've been listening for a long time to Bleacher Ross, the whole time we've been doing it, you guys know I went to college in Maine. That didn't really that didn't work great. Uh, Maine, it's the middle of nowhere. It wasn't fun. Um, there's nothing to do. So that didn't work. But now I'm deciding on my next college to go to. So whenever that does happen, uh, whenever the decision comes in, I'll let everyone know here. I might be some breaking news. Um, and then... I, the other thing I want to use my first pitch on is Ellie De La Cruz because I've been on him for so long saying, watch out, watch out, watch out. He's going to be a star. Um, MLB debut tonight. First at bat, goes down one, two, draws a walk. Second at bat, smokes a double into the gap. He's going to be special. He is a guy that's going to be good for a very long time. Super dynamic. There's no one like him. The joy he plays the game with, his athleticism, the power he has in his bat. Balls, it's just a whole package like he he has the it factor, uh, so he's gonna be a big star for the Cincinnati Reds for a long time. Uh, so, Ellie Dela Cruz, welcome to the MLB. That is very true. Derek has been talking about Ellie Dela Cruz since I met him over a year ago now, and I had I would have not known who Ellie Dela Cruz was had it not been for Derek. So, before we get to cast him, since we're on the topic, Michael, what's the buzz been in Cincinnati about Ellie Dela Cruz? Yeah, I was going to say I'm glad you asked. Uh, so I went to the you – know, the Yankees played the Reds uh, a couple weeks ago now, maybe a week or two. And, uh, like, more so than the game, that's all Reds fans would talk about. It's kind of like uh, you guys are all aware of who Joe Burrow was. So when Joe Burrow got drafted, like, the buzz around the Bengals was crazy. And, I mean, he's lived up to it. So it, it's kind of like deja vu a little bit. You know, it's like, you know, they got something going here. And obviously, like – you know, second at bat, he's doubled. Um, he's been killing it in in the minors. So I mean, it's it's crazy. I, it's it's the buzz is for real. That's for sure. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what this can do. Kid can do at the major league level. And now, Casim, everybody's waiting to hear how you've been. What have you been up to the past week? I've been good, man. I've been good, doing well. Uh, started a new job. Just waiting for something else. Also. Uh, everything's been good. Watching a little baseball, kicking back, kicking back with the kid. Gave him his new haircut, looking like a Marine. <laughs> uh, also, uh, the Yankees are doing well. Uh, you know, the guy Cruz, I never, you know, 
everybody knows me with prospects. They're saying ship him to the moon. I really don't care. But this guy looks like he's something special. But maybe we'll have something special in the next year when Jason Dominguez is on our roster. Other besides that, everything's good. I'm just waiting on the D-Hop news. But we signed Leonard Floyd, so that's a good thing. Yeah, shoot, man. You had a good week. Congrats on the job. Leonard Floyd still waiting on D-Hop. Yankees been playing well, man. It's all good for you, man. Go buy a lotto ticket. That's what you need to do right now. Yes. I don't play lottery. I never did. I never will. <laughs> it's a scam, but if you're having a lucky week, that's the time to buy it, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's jump right into it. Oh, Yankees have been playing good, but we did get a little bit of bad news. It looks like Nestor Cortez, Nestor Cortez is going to have an IL stint. Uh, some shoulder soreness, if I'm correct on that one. So... It's tough because the Yankees have really expected a lot out of Cortez this season. He started off good, and then you could tell something was wrong because I feel like he's tailed off a little bit. So do we see this as – how do you rate this injury for Cortez? Is this going to be devastating for the Yankees, or do you think this is kind of something that they can manage in his absence? So obviously you want him back as soon as possible. Cass, I'm going to throw it to you first, man. Well, it's devastating to be honest because we don't know when – Carlos Rodon's coming back. Um, Sevi, you know, he's just came back. Garrett Cole's our best starter. He's looking great this year, Cy Young Award candidate. But honestly, man, come on, man. It's a killer. It's just injury after injury. You know, Frankie Montas ain't coming coming, uh, coming back till September. So, I mean, who are we bringing up again? Johnny Burrito, really? I mean, what are we going to do? It's just injury after injury after injury with this team. That's what kills me about them. But, uh, you know, I'm just, I hope it's just shoulder fatigue. You know, like I said, you know, like you said, John, uh, he's been struggling. Maybe on the DL stand, maybe he could just regroup, recope everything, and maybe he can come back and do well. But besides that, uh, I just hope it's nothing serious. It's just a little stint for 10 days, 15 days. And he'll be back. That's all I'm hoping for. I hope it's just nothing serious because after the news that broke today with the Grom, uh, we don't need nothing like that right now. Absolutely not. And Nestor hasn't gotten paid yet either. So you want to see this guy still make his money. He's too young to go down with a, any kind of long-term or major injury. So you're right. Fingers are crossed on this one. Michael, let's hear from you. What, how do you rate this? Um, Nestor Cortez injury and since Kasim brought it up what are your thoughts on Johnny Brito uh, yeah so I'm maybe a little bit more optimistic uh, just because it is only you know I don't want to it's a 15 day IL stint so it's I, they haven't necessarily named anything major yet um, not to mention uh, being optimistic I think you know Clark Schmidt and you know his last 15 innings I think he's He's posted uh, 1.72 ERA, um, you know, three earned runs, 17 Ks in his last three starts. So, I mean, moving up, you know, definitely better than what he first started in the beginning of the year. Um, Domingo Gamon pitched, the, you know, six solid innings last his last game. I mean, the game before that, he got rocked around a little bit. But, you know, that's promising. You know, if you can go six innings, seven innings with our bullpen leading the MLB, I think it's a positive. Um, like I said, as long as it's not major – he can come back in. We can, you know, get rid of some of these easier teams we got in our way right now. We should be okay. Yeah, definitely. I think the Yankees can weather the storm. I think they'll manage. They sent, if there's one thing this team has done the past couple of years, it's deal with injuries. So I, they're prepared for it, and we'll see 
like you said, we saw some good pitching. Schmidt has improved. I still think I'm not, I'm not letting that guy face the lineup uh, three times. You know, I'm capping that at two at the absolute most. Um, Herman has been good. And Johnny Brito, um, he had some good starts. And, you know, we'll see. I mean, there's you heard, you heard a lot of good things. We saw some good things, some bad things. Um, Derek, tell us what your thoughts are on the Yankees, uh, kind of with Cortez and Maybe you have an update on Johnny Brito in the minors. Is there anything? How's he doing as since he was sent back down to AAA? So as of right as of right now, I can tell you that it doesn't look like Johnny Brito is going to be getting called up. It looks like it's going to be Randy Vasquez um, and not Johnny Brito. So it doesn't seem like Brito's really going to get in the mix right now, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. He did have a couple rough starts, so let him work on some stuff in AAA. Not a bad thing. Uh, for Nestor Cortez, he has been pitching at his best this year, so maybe the injury may be a little bit of a blessing in disguise. He gets to reset a little bit, um, work, you know, and maybe in rehab assignment. I mean, that's not a bad time to work on some things when you're coming back from an injury, maybe tweak something a little bit um, to get back to your best. So it might not be a terrible thing. Um, Domingo Herman has been very has been very good. Garrett Cole's Garrett Cole. I mean, he's a top, easily top 10 starter in the big leagues. Probably a top five starter. I don't know off the top of my head. I'm not just going to start listing guys um, off, off the top of my head. My memory's awful. But uh, <laughs> but uh, Clark Schmidt's been good. Besides, I mean, tonight, Sebi Zavala's got two homers off him. So as long as it's not Sebi Zavala hitting off him, he's been fine. <laughs> um, but I think for the most part, it's just for this Yankees team, just continue to chug along, right? Every team's going to have injuries at some point. Some teams are more lucky than others when, when it comes to injuries. And I said this heading into the season for both the Red Sox and the Yankees here on Bleacher Balls that both teams do need to get lucky at some points. They need injury luck to go their way. You know, Nestor Cortez, this could only be a 15-day injured stint. That'd be good. It's better than, you know, having to go get Tommy John, right? Uh, having those little pieces of luck. Yeah, he's going to injure list for 15 days. It sucks, but it could have been a heck of a lot worse, right? So I think that's the thing for the Yankees team. Just keep chugging along, get Nestor Cortez back at his best, um, and then just you know just and then just keep on going. The Yankees team can be very good. It's a very tough AL East. I think me and you definitely, John, gone back and forth on that. It's a very tough AL East, but at this point, you're fighting for a playoff spot, whether it's a division win or not. You're fighting for a playoff spot, so just you got to keep on chugging along, keep the train on the tracks. And I think the Yankees have more than enough talent to do that. I really do, too. Um, you kind of nailed it. And it's surprising for me because I just assumed it was Johnny Brito coming up. And to learn that it's Randy Vasquez instead of Johnny Brito, that's a little surprising and a little worrisome, actually, because I really um, I just assumed he'd be the next man up. So I don't know. It doesn't sound good for uh, his development so far. Uh, so we've been talking injuries, which is obviously a great segue into Giancarlo Stanton. Now, uh, Michael, you don't know this, uh, but I've actually been a big supporter of Stanton uh, really since he came to the Yankees. I think I wish he could stay healthy. So that's obviously my attitude's changed a little bit this season, especially. But for the longest time, I'm like, this guy is the key to the Yankees' success. I know you kind of feel the same way too, based off what we've talked about before. So I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on this. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton come back to the Yankees. Um, I've kind of said how with his in his absence, I like how the Yankees utilize the DH spot. Uh, that they can kind of give guys half days. You know, Judge will DH, Lemayhew. Uh, so Stan coming back that limits the Yankees' versatility, but it's also John Carlos Stan. I mean, it's the guy's a monster. So let's you kick it off. What are your thoughts on Stan coming back? 
the change of kind of versatility to the Yankees? What's your take on it all? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's too good not to play. I mean, he's too good not to even consider not to play. Um, I think he's played in three of his three of the you know since he's back, he's played in three games. He's gotten a hit in two of them. One of them, I think, his first at bat or first game. I know he hit a home run. So I mean, he's dynamic. I mean, especially with Judge out, you got to have someone to put it over the fence if guys are getting on. Um, we have a few guys struggling, DJ struggling. So, I mean, the more you, you don't want to, you don't want to go down to where, you know, no one's hitting well. So if he can get going, um, you know, I'm not, I, I have not that much confidence in Donaldson. So, um, you know, we, we kind of need him if we're going to make a playoff push to, to get healthy um, regarding the, you know, DH spot. So I go back and forth because, you know, you want him to stay healthy. You don't want him running around the outfield. However, he says he feels like he plays better when he's in the outfield. He, he gets more of the flow of the game. Um, that being and you know, when he said that last year, I kind of watched him, you know, I, I noticed that when he was in the outfield, you, you know, he's hitting two, three hits a game when he's DH in. Yeah. He might get a bomb here and there, but you could tell he's just a little bit more focused when he's playing the outfield rather than just going down and sitting down for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. So whatever it is, but, um, I, I mean, I'm optimistic. I mean, we got definitely have athletes in the outfield. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a fan of IKF uh, Isaiah Conforto. I think he can play multiple positions. He does well in the outfield. DJ can play outfield. You got Greg Allen, who I know is on a 10 day, but he's a he's an athlete. I mean, his bat's not that great, but he's an athlete. He can run around there. So, I think we'll be all right as long as he can hit. I got no worries. Nice, nice. So you were playing in the outfield, and I know Cassim. You talked about this too. Uh, where you're a supporter of keeping Stanton in the field with regarding all the injuries, you still feel that way? Yeah, I still do. Um, you know, Michael hit it right on point, and we talked about this, John, with me, you, and Barnes, and everyone. That Stan does better when he's in the outfield, and it's true. I know the injury bug. It just, you know, I said it from before. Anybody that comes to New York, they're always healthy, but then when they come to the Yankees, the injury bug starts hitting them. But uh. The way I look at it, we need Stanton. And it's not a lie. And I'm a big Stanton supporter, just like John. I've been with him from day one. I watched him, you know, him coming up with the Marlins. And I was ecstatic when we got him. I loved it with him and Judge. And uh, for us to go far, you know, Stanton has to be part of it. We've seen what Stanton did with the Red Sox. And even in the previous playoff years, but just injury ends up taking him out. But Stan's a big part of this uh, lineup and is going to be a big part of the success, hopefully, that takes us further into the playoffs because he's part of that lineup. Yes, it clogs the DH. It clogs to where maybe it might not help other opportunities for other players. But, you know, Stan, Stan's that guy. I mean, whether you like it or not, Yankee fans, he's our guy. He's going to be our guy. And he's going to be in that lineup. And when he's hot, just like Judge, but when Stan gets hot and he's hitting, believe me, man, you can't pitch to him. You really can't. He's actually, no, he's actually more dangerous than Judge when Stan's hot. That's the honest truth. I mean, Stanton hits balls so hard, they just fly out of the stadium. You know, like those 116-mile-per-hour exit velocities on a line. Just It's a line drive. It's so much fun to watch Stanton when he's hurt. For me, I've said this whole time Stanton should be in the field more. But after this last one where he got hurt slowing down, kind of jogging to first base, it's like, what, what's left? I mean, you, this guy, we've we got to protect him. You know, like, I don't know how much you can play him in the outfield. Now, with Judge potentially being out, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen an update yet. 
um, on how that's going to play out. But yeah, you can play. Now's the time to play Stain and get him some reps in right field. But for the most part, I think I'm going to try. I would personally prefer to see him in the DH and a little bit, you know, more often than not. With occasionally, if you need Judge to take a day in DH, well, then you play Stanton in right field. Or Judge has a day off, maybe you play Stanton in right field. But I'm definitely limiting his innings in right field if I'm running the team. And now, Derek, uh, from your outside perspective, not really a fan of the Yankees or Stanton. So, uh, if you, what are your thoughts on this? Are you putting Stanton in the field? What are your thoughts on him? Is Do you think he's limiting the Yankees' versatility? Do you think it's okay because his bat picks up for it? It's tough, right? I think in terms of versatility, he doesn't help. But at the same time, too, he is one of the better hitters on this Yankees team. And you can't just keep him out of the lineup. The Yankees kind of need him in the lineup. Especially if, like, Aaron Judge needs to hit the IL, which could potentially happen. Like, you're, you're going to need Asian Carl Stanton in the lineup. And, you know, for a guy like Stanton, they they do need him. They, they, they really do. Um, and it's interesting because last season, Stanton as a DH last year had a 103 OPS plus as a DH, and that's comparing it. And and then as a DH had a 103 OPS plus in 65 games and 34 games in right field, he had a 134 OPS plus. So he hit better when he was in right field, and it's actually very interesting. Uh, when he's played the outfield over the last couple years, uh. He has a 135 weighted runs created plus dating back to the start of 2021 when he plays in the outfield. So Stan is a much above average hitter when he plays when, when he plays in the outfield. However, when he plays in the in or when he's DHing, it's not the same. It's not nearly as good. Um, I'm actually looking it up right now. Stan in the outfield, his average, I mean, Stan is DH. He's a little bit, average a little bit higher, but he doesn't have the same power. He's got a 127 weighted runs created plus. So it's not as big of a difference over the last couple of years, but last year we really saw that difference. Um, I think for Stan, I'll do comfortability in the outfield. I think he's always been an outfielder. That helps. Um, I think the big thing for the Yankees is what's going to make the Yankees the best, right? If, Stan maybe doesn't hit as good in the outfield, but you don't have less injury concerns when he's DHing. That's one thing. But some guys just don't work in the DH spot. Some guys maybe it increases their injury risk when they're in the DH spot because they're not staying loose enough. Which that's more thing on Stan because he could probably go into the clubhouse and get on an exercise bike or something, right? You know, maybe that's just a Stanton thing. But I mean, we've seen it happen before where guys just can't DH for whatever reason. Um, so. I don't really know where it lies. I think for the Yankees, they just need to make the decision that's best for the baseball team, even if it's not what bet what's best for Giancarlo Stanton in terms of what he wants to do. Um, because at the end of the day, if it maybe hurts Stanton a little bit but makes your team better, that's what you have to go with. Um, so, yeah. It, at the end of the day, though, it's not, like, the worst problem to have. There's much worse problems to have than that. Like, so there's also that, too. It is a Yankees' first world problem. Like, oh, how does this former MVP who's one of the best hitters in baseball fit into the lineup? So I love having problems like that. Uh, and he is our best, like, over the past couple of years, he's been our best playoff hitter by far. Uh, the guy, can he rakes in the playoffs. Um, so we do need him healthy for the playoffs. And if that means playing him in the, when the playoffs come, I'm fine DHing him in the regular season. When the playoffs come, if he's at his best in the field, put him in the field because you need your best John Carlos Stanton. Uh, and a couple years ago, because I'm going to get sidetracked uh, a couple years ago, was it 2020 when they played all those games in, uh, 
San Diego, all those playoff games in San Diego. He had like eight home runs in six games. Like they got, I wish they could play all of their games in San Diego at times because he just kills it in that park. Um, so we mentioned we're talking left field. There's another good segue for us tonight. Uh, it seems like Isaiah Kiner Falefa might kind of have become the Yankees' everyday left fielder. Uh, I'm okay with this. I think I've kind of liked Kiner Falefa. I know he's not a star, but he is what he is. He's lived up to the back of his baseball card, and he is does seem to be playing a little bit looser now that he's no longer the has the pressure of being the shortstop, the Yankees' shortstop. Um, so I guess we're going to, like, I guess my question is, like, what do you guys think of Isaiah kind of Falefa becoming the everyday left fielder? So, uh, Derek, I'll go to you first on this one. How do you feel about that? Uh, it, it's it's all right. I mean, like, at the end of the day, is he your top option anywhere? No, if you're Yankees. But at the end, but it's also, too, it's not a bad replacement option either. I think it goes back to that. Um, this guy's won a gold glove at third base, and he's not or even originally a third baseman. He's originally a catcher. People fail to realize that. Uh, people go, oh, you put third baseman, gold glove third baseman, you can play shortstop. Guy was a catcher. Like, he's just an exceptional athlete, especially in terms of baseball. He's a really good athlete. He's played catcher, played third, played short. Now you're putting him in the outfield. And he's has the athleticism to be able to adapt to it. So is he the Yankees' best option? No. But... Not a bad option as a replacement, especially, uh, I know he's been playing center field the last couple games. Harrison Bader's on the injured list, so there's that. But once Bader comes back, you're going to look and go, you know, we can trust Kiner Falefa in left field if we need to. And I think that's what the Yankees are looking for. Because I think a lot of people assumed it was going to be Oswaldo Cabrera who was going to take that left field spot. That hasn't turned out to be the case. He's had his struggles. So now it's up to Kiner Falefa. If he can, and he can be very valuable because of his ability on the bases. I think that's the biggest thing he adds to the Yankees team: the ability to get on base. He can slap the ball the other way if you need to move a runner over. Lay down a bunt, most likely, I would believe. Uh, so he's just a guy who's not that typical. You know, when people think Yankees player, you think Aaron Judge, Stanton, these guys who are just gonna go up and just hit absolute like home runs that are going like 500 feet. But Kiner Fluff is a different type of player, and it's not bad to have a guy like that. So I think it can work out pretty well for the Yankees and for Kiner Fluff. Yeah, definitely. They gave they gave the left field job to Oswaldo Cabrera, and he just gave it right back. Uh, that's a shame because I, I like the kid. I hope he can fit, find it and figure out what made him good last year. But now that we're moving to Kiner Fluff, I'm okay with it. And now, Michael, you just mentioned that you're a Kiner Fluff fan too, which is good to hear. Uh, what are your thoughts on him becoming the everyday left fielder? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. Like you guys are. I mean, the guy's a. I think he's just like you know Derek was saying. He's a baseball player. I mean, he, it seems like he's played half the positions this year. Um, you know, I I like him more though. He's not like you know doesn't have that shortstop coming right after Jeter type of like pressure. Um, and not to mention, I mean, like any, I feel like a lot of guys in professional sports. After, you know, bringing up Anthony Volpe this year and just basically saying no matter how bad he does, he, we're not sending him down. Uh, you know, a lot of guys would have went to the minors or, or asked to be traded. And, you know, this guy wanted to stay and play for this team because he's been here for a couple of years. And, you know, I have all the m- most respect for that. Um, he had a heck of a May. I mean, in May, he was averaging 262. Um, he was a 304 on base percentage, you know, 796, you know, OPS. So, I mean, he's been getting better throughout the year. Um and I think every baseball team could, you know, needs that one guy that 
you know, doesn't say all that much is a locker room guy and can play any position and, you know, won't, won't complain if he's sent down and, and won't get too high of himself. If he, you know, if he goes four for five, like he did in Seattle a couple, you know, a couple days ago. So, um, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I mean, if he wants to be an everyday starter, he can, he can start for my team. That's a really good point that you mentioned that I hadn't thought about that he could have asked for a trade. He could have got out of there and been disgruntled and he was just a team guy. And, I think, um, Luke, I know you're going to listen to this. Uh, Michael, I just heard him say that Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is a better team leader than Kike Hernandez. And at least there's at least three of us on this call right now that agree with that. I don't know how Derek feels. I won't say um, that, but he's a better shortstop. I'll I'll give him that (laughs) for sure. All right. Now, Kasim, we're talking left field. And I know you were a big Oswaldo Cabrera fan coming into the season. And then obviously he had his struggles. And we lost Kasim. Oh, no. All right. Well, that's cool. Castle will be back. We're going to figure this out. Uh, in the meantime, have we heard any updates about Aaron Judge? I have not seen anything come through, but I've had kind of a crazy night. I have the game on in the background, but it doesn't mean I, something could have came up and I might have missed it. Uh, I, I saw that they're waiting for the team physician uh, to look at him today. So we should have an update, they said, as early as tonight after the game for like their post-game conference, and they might have an update, or worst-case scenario, tomorrow morning. I heard that's the timeline, but he is getting looked at by the team physician today. Um, I think they, you know, they're just looking to see if he broke his toe or not. Oh, man, his suspense is killing me. I just want to know, is it going to be like three days, or is it going to be longer? And obviously after LeMahieu's toe injury last season, it's like it's you hear to- broken toe and you get scared really quick. So yeah. – um. Back to Castle. Right. So we were saying, talking. Oh, that's cool, man. It happens to all of us. Uh, we're talking Oswaldo Cabrera. We're talking left field. And I said you're a big Oswaldo Cabrera coming into the fan coming into the season. Uh, he's had his struggles. So now the Yankees are kind of looking at Isaiah Kiner for left as the everyday left fielder. Your preference between the two? Uh, it could be right now, or it could just be in general going forward. Oswaldo Cabrera, Isaiah Kiner for left. What are your thoughts? Uh, for me, it's Oswaldo Cabrera. I'm. You got to let him take his ups and downs. I know he's his first full year, and you got to let him take his ups and downs, just like Volpe. Isaiah Kanafalafa, he's having a very nice year, but you know what? He's perfect in the situation that he is. He's a utility guy. You play him all over, outfield, infield, and that's what I like about Kanafalafa, where there's no pressure on him. And same thing with Cabrera. I think uh, I think he'll get it. I think he'll uh, turn it on. Just got to give it time. I mean... I know Yankee fans are pressuring it, yet they sent him down and they brought him back up. But uh, my preference is to keep Oswaldo Cabrera in left field and just let him uh, get through his struggles, and I think he'll be okay. And, you know, hopefully he'll turn it on. But Connor Falefa is doing well, which is a bonus. Um, that's good off the bench. And that's all I care about. Yes, and in all fairness to Oswaldo Cabrera, he is a switch hitter. And, I mean, I know Mark Teixeira said it every single season. Like, it is so hard for a switch hitter to get going. You have to get get going from both sides of the plate. You need, like, 100 at-bats from both sides of the plate to really feel comfortable. So, in Cabrera's defense, like, I understand coming in your second season – not even like he had that many at-bats under him his first season. So it's got to be a hard thing, uh, a lot of pressure under the kid. And look, I'm a 
big Isaiah Kiner-Falefa fan. Um, or maybe not big, but I like Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, and I'm happy to see him in left field. But for the long-term good of the Yankees, Oswaldo Cabrera really stepping up and becoming an everyday player is going to be much more valuable. So, But in the time being, in the meantime, I want to see wins. I want to see the Yankees do well. So we're going with uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa until Cabrera can get back. Um, I'm sorry I lost this agenda right quick. Um Okay, so next up, since we're doing pretty good on time, which I'm not always used to, let's talk Anthony Volpe really quickly because Yankees Twitter has it out for this guy. I don't know why, but Yankees Twitter is just going at him. We want, you know, send Anthony Volpe back to the minors, and I don't know why. I don't know who you're going to play in that spot. So I see everybody shaking their heads. It doesn't sound like we have anyone that agrees with that take. So does anyone want to make speak to Yankees Twitter right now and just tell them? Like, I've told them repeatedly to give it a rest. Anyone else have anything to say to that? Give it. I got this. They're all freaking delusional Yankee fans. I always said that. They're never satisfied. You're going to have to take his, you know, ups and downs. Just like Cabrera, just like any young player, it happens. It happens. But who are we going to play as Rahul? Peraza? There was a reason why they sent him down to the minors from the beginning. Sorry, I'm going to stick with Volpe. Volpe's been hitting home runs. He's been clutch, especially the Dodger hit. A couple of games he hit clutch home runs. Uh, he gets clutch hits. I love his speed, but uh, it's all right. Just let him let him take his ups and downs, man. It's just part of the process, and he'll get through it. And so far, you know, he's handled it so far in the first couple, you know, couple of months. So I'm proud of him. Yankees fans sometimes, and this is, I shouldn't even say Yankees fans, every fan, for every team. Sometimes they just need to shut up a little bit. Like, like, this, like, it's, it's, all right, this guy was, you know, consensus, you know, top five prospect in baseball heading into the season, if not top ten. Definitely top ten prospect in baseball and pushing the top five, right? For, you know, regardless of which rankings you look at, you know, an easy, you know, top four shortstop prospect in baseball between, him, Ellie Dela Cruz, Jackson Holiday, and Marcel Meyer. Those are the four like big shortstop prospects right now. And he was pushing at the top of that list in almost every single prospect rankings, right? So this is a guy who has that high prospect pre- pedigree. Now, has it been the best year for him? No. Uh, Babbitt is only 242, so you got to think a little bit of maybe Babbitt a bad Babbitt block there just because the fact that, you know, league average Babbitt is 300. Um, so, I mean. Wait, what's not, Babbitt? I, I don't uh, know. Batting average on balls in play. So, oh, okay. not in, so your batting average on balls that you hit that aren't home runs essentially because home run isn't considered in play because it's out, went out of the field to play because it was a home. Yeah. So, what's it? So, league average is 300. His is 242, uh, which, you know, not great. Now, there's some stuff you maybe could look and go, yeah, I would like him to improve on, does strike out a lot. Not great. Um, his expected batting average is low, but even with the low expected batting average, your Babbitt shouldn't be that low. Um, so, I, I think a little bit of bad luck, a little bit of bad contact when he does hit the ball. Uh, well, he can definitely make an impact and hit it very hard and drive the ball. Um, but also, too, this, this, this is a kid in Anthony Volpe. He's in his age 22 season. He's still extremely young. Give it some time. How many MLB players have we seen in the past struggle at first and they eventually figure it out? Give him his time. He's, there's a reason he was a top five prospect in baseball. There's a reason for it. You don't just become a top five prospect in baseball for no reason. You have to be good. 
So for Volpe, still a really good player. Just take the time with him. Maybe, maybe you know, he plays this year. Doesn't have the greatest year. But the thing is, I think you're looking for him as flashes. He's shown flashes at times. And that's the big thing because he's showing that that potential is there. He doesn't. He's not just going up in every single plate appearance looking lost. He's had his competitive at-bats. He's had his moments. He's had his games. So just, just be calm. Be patient. You have to do it with every top prospect. You know, even guys have Wander Franco even with the Rays. He had a crazy first game, but after his first week or so, he had a couple of rough games, and then he figured it out and had like a 44-game on base streak. I'm not saying Anthony Volpe's going to do that. That's what Ronald Frank, Wander Franco did was outrageous. But what I'm saying is he's going to have a struggle. Some guys' struggles are, are longer than others, but he'll figure it out eventually. Uh, player development and prospect development is never linear. It can be up and down, left and right, all over the place. But the trajectory for Anthony Volpe is still looking up, and it, the future still looks very bright for him. So don't if I'm if you're a Yankees fan, do not worry at all. Yeah. So Derek shined some light on Anthony Volpe right after he rained on him a little bit with some negative stats, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, that's what we brought him on here to do. Is the Red Sox fan. Uh, but Michael, from a Yankees fan, uh, what are your thoughts on Anthony Volpe? I'm guessing you, there's some things you've liked that you've seen, maybe some things you don't like. Wh where do you want to go with this? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you guys. I mean, I think you, you let him play the season. I mean, he's, you, you got to get him the looks, the at-bats. That's the only way he's going to get better. I mean, seeing the major league pitchers, you know, is only going to make him better. If he goes down, he's just going to see worse pitchers, and, you know, it's going to stun his growth. So I think you stay with, stay with him. I mean, Mike Trout hit 220 his rookie season, so he turned out to be okay. Um, I think you give him the, the, the experience, um, and and you and you just figure it out. I mean, Derek said it best. You're just looking for flashes. We're not looking him to be Aaron Judge this year. Um, you know, we just want to see him – have good at bats, and you know if we need you to get a hit in certain spots, be that guy. Kind of like you know, like everyone can want to compare you to Derek Jeter. Well, when we needed a hit, Derek Jeter was there to get us the hit. So you know that's all we care about. Get you know, and he showed us the other day. You know, we needed a two. He had a two-run shot to pad the lead, and and you know, uh, get the win, uh, series win against the Dodgers. So uh, I'm a fan of keeping him in, giving him the experience, and then you know if he struggles two, three years from now, then then you have that conversation. Oh, definitely. And I think that's the most important thing, like you guys kept saying, the flashes. And so many of those flashes have come in important moments in the game when the Yankees need that to pad the lead. They need to go ahead run. They need to tie the game. Like, that's when he seems to be playing at his best, and that's something that cannot be taught. And to see the flashes in those moments, that's what really calms me and makes me think he's going to be fine. Like He's got the right mentality. He can play in New York he's going to be fine. So you hate to see that Derek Jeter comparison all the time because it's not a fair comparison. But shoot, I keep saying, he, there's so many things he does that reminds me of Derek Jeter. So uh, I'm just excited, and I do think we're, we are seeing the flashes, and that's why Yankees Twitter just needs to calm down on that one. Just give it a rest. This kid's not going anywhere. He needs his everyday at-bats. Um, and now one more thing, because we've talked, we've mentioned it, and I think Cassin mentioned earlier about Whenever people come to the Yankees or New York, really, in general, they get hurt. Uh, that's never really more true than with the New York Mets. Uh, and I, the Mets history is having really good players come there and get just things go disastrously. Um, and now, and kind of maybe the Mets' luck is changing because for once, 
like, look, Jacob DeGrom was always hurt. I mean, when he was with the Mets, all, Mets always. Like, he'd pitch a game, he'd have to go in for an MRI. But they were smart enough to say, we're not throwing a ton of money at you. We're not throwing a ton of years. You can walk. And the Texas Rangers decided to throw all that money at DeGrom, to throw all those years at him. And now it's looking like it's, you know, Tommy John, so he's not pitching again this year, probably not pitching next year, at least until the end of the very end of the season. Um Man, I mean, I would like to say I was shocked, but I wasn't that shocked. So, uh, Cassim, you kind of got us started on this topic and what made me think of it. So, any thoughts just overall on DeGrom? Is it a shame, like, his career's played out this way? Do you still think maybe he can pitch when he gets back from this? Well, let's start out. He's going to be out for this year and next year, so that's two years. Uh, Bro, I just, I always said you can't throw money at this guy. I know when he was a big you know, top free agent. Texas was in desperate need of pitching. The, I told you this might be the next Chan Ho Park deal. Like Texas, they go sign these pitchers, and dude, you just can't cut it. The uh, Gram has an injury history, man. There was a reason why Cohen stopped, and Cohen was spending money, but he didn't want to spend it on the Gram. He's like, I'd rather spend it on Max and uh, Verlander and a couple of other guys. I mean, they didn't pan out, but it's just. You know, DeGrom's history has shown, man. He's he's a terrific pitcher. Don't get me wrong when healthy. I like the guy. He's a private person. That's why he wanted to leave New York. But when you go, when you sign with Texas for all that money, then you go on the podium and you say that there's a vision. I see a World Series. And like, dude, you just left the Mets that was has a potential to be in the World Series and you go to Texas. Just admit it was about the money. You know, no state income tax and all that. I feel bad for the guy, but... This is nothing new to us that's been watching baseball for a long time. The minute he goes on an MRI and he goes on an injury list, when they say soreness, you just, you better pray that he's only out for like two months. Well, turned out it's Tommy John again. So I feel bad for the guy. I really do. I, I, I wish him nothing but success, but, you know, good luck. I'm, I'm sorry, man. It just, it hurts. It hurts. That is perts it perfectly because I do like the guy. He was so much fun to watch in the rare instance that he wasn't hurt. So to see it happen again, shoot, we, we all saw it coming, but it's it's unfortunate. Uh, Michael, any thoughts on DeGrom? Like, I mean, when you saw him sign this deal, I have to assume you thought it was just moronic for the Texas Rangers to throw that kind of money at him. Yeah, I was going to say rare New York Mets win. Uh, they got lucky out of that one. Uh, I, I, you know, and it's totally their move to throw all the money at these guys. So, uh, I was surprised when he left them. I thought they were just going to dump the bank, you know, the, the bridge truck back with them. So, um, I mean, it's, it stinks. Like we all said, we kind of saw it coming. Um, so what happens when, you know, soon, I feel like once you get hurt once with your arm, it's, it's shortly after it follows you. So, um, you know, I don't know, 10 years from now, I'll remember him as a great pitcher, but, you know, it stinks that he's not going to go out the way he's he wanted to. Now, uh, Derek, you know a lot about just really all these teams and their systems. Is there any way – it stinks for the Texas Rangers, and there's no replacing Derek, uh, Jacob DeGrom, but is there anybody within that system that's close to major league ready that might be able to contribute for uh, the Rangers? And, of course, if you have any extra thoughts on DeGrom, please, we'd love to hear them. Yeah, first start with replacing him, it seems like Dane Dunning's going to be stepping into the rotation, so they're not going to have to reach into the system. 
But, like, you start looking, I mean, and they also have, like, Jake Odorizzi's on the I, uh, 60 day IL, and, like, he's a guy who's, he's, I know, he hasn't been great recently, re- recently years, but, you know, he's still a guy. Uh, Cole Wynn, who's one of their, you know, higher ring prospects, he's there in uh, AAA. Uh, you have, you know, looking double A, and you have Jack Leiter's there, Owen White is there, um, and even a little bit, you know, not as big prospects, um, Takoa Roby and Antoine Kelly and, like, they have a lot of guys. I know Kumar Rocker is injured right now. He's only in high A, so they're still a ways away. Like, this Rangers team, when DeGrom said he was he saw a vision, when he said that, I was like, I don't know about winning this year. He Maybe, maybe not. But, like, there's definitely a future building there with the prospects they have. And this Texas Rangers team is really good right now. Now, having got a guy like Nathan Eovaldi who has had his injury question marks and, you know, and now Jake, and you brought him in, Jacob DeGrom, you bring him in, he's now Tommy John, he's out the rest of this year and probably the most of next year. Like, it's not great, right? This Rangers team, for Jacob DeGrom, having Jacob DeGrom, you're getting the best pitcher in baseball when he's healthy. Keywords, when he's healthy. Um, it, it sucks. For baseball, for baseball as a whole, it sucks because you're losing – the guy who's been the best pitcher in baseball for the last five years. Uh, but it's okay. Spencer Strider will become the new DeGrom, and, except without the injuries for the Braves. Um, because Spencer Strider has been pitching like he's DeGrom. Uh, just power fastball, power slider. See you later. Um, but, like, besides that, it's uh, like there's only so much, you know, a team can do when a guy's got that injury history, right? And I think the smart thing would have been is let's not give him a five year deal. That's what the Rangers did. I would, I, th- I thought in the offseason, two-year deal probably is the most I would go. Um, if you're going a third year, it would have to have been a team option. But I wouldn't have gone more than two years for DeGrom. And even two years was like, don't love it. But if you really feel like you need a pitcher, you might be willing to take that risk. But the fact that he got five years, just, I don't know. I don't know what the Rangers were doing. Is it a bad thing? No, it's not bad that they, they went and got him on that five-year deal. It's not bad. But at the end of the day... Like, eh, that's going to be a lot of money going down the drain. Nathan Ovaldi was a great pickup. I, I always said it. He's good. Uh, you know, I even wanted him back with the Yankees. But when you mentioned Dane Dunsing and freaking Jake Odorizzi, come on, man. You got to really stop there, Derek. You know how bad they are. Odorizzi's on the injury. Yeah, Martin. Dun- Mart- Dunning's been. You got to really Dunning's stop. Martin decent. Perez, really. Andrew freaking Heaney. It's not going to cut it. John Gray, get out of here, man. This team's going to come back to earth. Just give it time. Perfect. So that is excellent. Because as we're talking about this, I came up with a great cuddle, Mary trash. So we're going to cuddle, Mary and trash these three options. One, Texas Rangers win the AL West. Two, lose the AL West. Or they come in second in the AL West to the Houston Astros, but still win a wild card. Or three, they just completely fall out and don't even make the playoffs. Who, uh, Derek, uh, will. Derek or Kasim, if you go first, and we'll jump in with Michael. Kasim, go for it. I think they finish third and fall out of the playoffs. I think Se- I think Houston wins it, and I think Seattle gets in as a wild card. That's my opinion. I think Texas misses out. So you're marrying Texas missing out. Now, is there a chance that they make the – I guess you think there's no chance they win the division, so that's a trash. So you'd say there's a slight chance they make the playoffs, or you just don't even – think that's a possibility no, i mean there is a slight chance but how much can your offense carry you if you're 
Look, I just believe their pitching staff is going to come back to earth. Listen, I love Avaldi. I think he could keep it up all year. But really, John Gray, Martin Perez, uh, Andrew Heaney, it's not saying much, man. You know there's going to be a, some time where they're going to fall. And I think I think the summertime now with June, July, August, I think you're going to see Texas really fall. That's my that's me. Offense, they'll score. But I don't – their bullpen's atrocious. I'm sorry. I don't care if they're in first place right now. That bullpen's not going to keep it up. So that's why I believe they're going to fall out. Do they have a chance to make a wild card? Yes, they do. But am I betting on it? No, I'm not. I like Seattle. I like Seattle better than Texas. All right. Now, Derek, we'll go with you next. Uh, the three, Cuddle Mary Trash. Rangers win the AL West. Uh, they just co- make the playoffs as a wild card, or they completely fall out of the playoffs. Uh, also, I'm going to cuddle the fact that they'll win the AL. I'm going to cuddle them winning the AL West just because I don't think it's the most likely thing, but I don't think they miss the playoffs. I think they, they'll build themselves a big enough gap where even if they have like a cold stretch, they'll still be able to tread water and play well enough to where they'll, they'll still make the postseason. That's kind of how I see it. Um, I'll marry the Astros beating them for the division. Um, and the Rangers and the Rangers making the postseason. I'll trash them missing the postseason. They, that offense is. I know Kasim said like you can only rely on your offense for so long, but at the same time, like this is a Rangers offense that has been like absolutely stupid. They're scoring over six runs a game, which, I mean, uh, and this is the thing. Red Sox fans have talked about for a while where it feels like for the Red Sox, like you score four or more, you win, or more than four and you win, but you score four or less, you lose. This year, it's been four or more, and, and you win less than four, you lose. The years prior, it's been more than four, and you win, and four or less, you lose. But, like, in Rangers, it's like they're scoring so much where, like, they're having games where they're putting up ten runs. Your pitching has to be atrocious to lose a game where you score ten runs. The Rangers pitching isn't atrocious. Might it and, – and you have guys step up, too. Like, Evaldi's got, like, a two-some a 224 ERA. Martin Perez, 397 ERA. Uh, but, like, that's not bad. That's not good, but ne- not necessarily great, but it's not bad. Like, that's a middle rotation arm. Dane Dunning's got a 206 ERA. John Gray's got a 251 ERA. Uh, even Andrew Heaney, a 403 ERA. I think that's solid. Um, so, like, their guys have been doing well. So, I think for the Rangers, I think most likely Astros still win that division, but the Astros do have a lot of injuries, especially to their rotation. So, that's the other big determining factor. Uh, Lance McCullers is injured. Luis Garcia is getting Tommy John, or I think already got Tommy John, right? Like they, ha- the Astros have injuries too. So, I, whichever rotation stays healthy is the one that is, whichever team's rotation stay healthy is the team that's going to win that division. All right, and now Michael, you got the hang of it. I'm sure you're aware of the Cuddle Mary Trash game. Maybe know it by a less family friendly term, but you want to jump in on this with your take of uh, Cuddle Mary Trash the three options. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I, half of me thinks that the DeGrom injury kind of takes the sales out of them and they maybe fall off a little bit. The other half of me, you know, I mean, the, the Yankee homer in me does not want to say I think the Astros figure it out when the win the division. But, I mean, I think it's going to be close. I think, um, honestly, I wouldn't uh, – Seattle's not – I think their record's worse than what – I think they're a better team than their records say. 
And then um, also the Angels. I think the Angels got to figure something out here because I think if they have if they miss the playoffs, I think Otani walks. And I think you know I think they gotta they gotta figure you know if they want to keep that team together with Trout and him, they gotta at least make the postseason to make him think that they're on their way because the past few seasons it's, they're almost wasting the guy's career. Um, so I think uh, more most likely. Um, that the, they they stick it out and make the playoffs. I think it's going to be a wild card. I think Houston figures it out just based off recency bias. They're you know the the thorn in my side, but um, other than, I I don't think I you know I don't think the other two teams being ten games back already, they're not going to go on a ten you know fifteen game win streak or anything like that. So it's going to be close, but I think the Houston and Texas make the playoffs. I would really, really love to see this be finally be the year where Houston's luck runs out. They deal with the injuries and it just falls apart. Um, I don't know if that'll happen though. It just it hasn't gone that way the past couple of years. Um, good Who news was the, about. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead because mine wasn't important. Uh, they they signed the uh, first baseman. Uh, who is it? A Brayu was it? Um, is that who they signed over the offseason? Well, and I think he's got like one home run or something like that. So uh, fingers crossed that their their luck is flopping the other way. Yeah, Bray's been bad for them. Like their rotation. Uh, I said Garcia's got Tommy John. McCullers has been uh, hurt. He has a strained elbow, but he's been out since February. So literally since the start of spring training. Jose Urquidy also went down at the end of April with shoulder discomfort. And he's still on the injured list. So like. This is a Nashville's team. Their rotation, and they lost Justin Verlander, so their rotation, Fran Valdez, Christian Javier, really good. Hunter Brown, really good. And then the other three guys in the rotation, J.P. France, Brandon Belak, and Ronald Blanco, who are guys, I'm pretty sure the Astros have faith, especially, I know Blanco, the Astros GM, is publicly supporting him. And France, they have, I don't know about Belak much, but, like, so the Astros do believe in these guys, but at the same time, it's not the same as the rotation they had last year. They're... From last year's rotation to this year, no Verlander, no McCullers as of right now, no Luis Garcia the rest of the year, and no Arquiti as so far this year. Hunter Brown has stepped up, and he, I I think he's going to win the rookie of the year. I mean, I said that kind of from the start, though, so a little maybe a little bit biased, but he's the best rookie pitcher this year um, in the American League. So he has at least stepped up, but you replace one guy, you still have three other guys that you're missing, right? So the Astros, they just if their rotation continues to have injury problems, they could be in trouble. Well, on a side note, um, MLB trade rumor that came out today, uh, Salvador Perez, Scott Barlow, and Rodas Jammer on the trade and block. John, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I would expect anybody on the Kansas City Royals to be on the trading block, but there's no way I'm taking Chapman back. I do not want, I want Chapman back. I want Savvy, man. I want a catcher. I hate all our catchers. I don't care. Trevino, you're a good backup. You could take Arnold Schwarzenegger and Ben Rovan and freaking Kyle Hiyash should blow me. Get him out of here. I don't want them here. Uh, here's my I, thing on Salvador Perez, though. I don't feel like Salvador... like. If you're looking for a catcher, I don't think Salvador Perez is the best option because he's not good behind the plate. Now, can he hit? Yes, he can hit. But, like, if I'm a team acquiring Salvador Perez and now you're introducing him to a brand-new pitching staff in the middle of a season, I look at it and go, this guy's been one of the worst defensive catchers in the league over the last few years. Is that a guy I really want to put behind the plate? Especially in the Yankee situation when you have a guy in Jose Trevino 
who is the best defensive catcher in all of baseball. You know, or at least, at the very least, right up there, right? Oh, I don't know if the Yankees would want to do that. Um, if, you know, if they could play Stanton in the outfield and they needed a DH, Salvador Perez is a pretty good option. He'd be one of the better DHs in the MLB. But as a catcher, he's a guy where if I'm a team acquiring him, especially if I have a good defensive catcher already, I'd be a little bit, you know, back and forth on whether or not I really want to acquire him. Uh, I think Scott Barlow, very good reliever, um, can step into a back end of the bullpen. I know he's been the Royals' closer. I don't think he'll close most places where he would likely to be to end up, but still very solid reliever to go in the back end of a bullpen. Uh, and then Chapman, he'll find his way somewhere most likely, whether he gets traded or no one takes him, he'll just get like released or something and he'll go sign somewhere. He's throwing 103 again. Who knows? But at the same time, I, I mean, who knows, right? Uh, but he won't. I, I would doubt. I doubt it'd be the Yankees with all the shenanigans that happen. It's not going to be the Yankees he goes to. So for me, because this reminds me of like there was a, it was around two thousand five, two thousand six, maybe two thousand seven, where uh, Pudge Rodriguez got traded to the Yankees uh. at the trade deadline, and I was psyched. I'm like, this is going to be fantastic, and. The, the fact that Pudge Rodriguez is one of the better defensive catchers of all time, was really good at handling a pitching staff, that he couldn't adjust in that time, in that short time frame, because it is really hard for a catcher to adjust to a new pitching staff. Uh, the fact that if Pudge Rodriguez couldn't do it, I don't have faith that Perez could do it. So if, like, say, God forbid, God forbid, Giancarlo Stanton goes down with a season-ending injury and you need a DH, like, okay, Salvador Perez fits. I, I would take that. But I don't want him going in behind the plate. Uh, I actually agree with Derek on that one because just I just view catcher such an important defensive position. I think I got it. You could um, do like the Christian Vasquez thing the Astros did last year. Remember when the Astros, they turned down Wilson Couturitz because they didn't feel he'd be able yeah. to make that switch to a, new, to a new pitching staff. They went with Christian Vasquez to be their backup. But when you got to the playoffs, Christian Vasquez did a lot of DHing for that Astros team. Because they didn't have a DH. Uh, Michael Brantley was out. Jordan Alvarez was playing left field. They didn't have a DH. Christian Vass has stepped into that spot. Like if John said in the situation, if Stanton were to have like some season-ending injury for you know in this hypothetical situation, you could get a Salvador Perez, have him DH, and then once a week or catch a certain starter. Or be Like Christian Vasquez was Christian Javier's personal catcher for the second half of the season with the Astros. Didn't catch anyone else, though. Just caught Christian Javier. Just caught the games Christian Javier pitched, but I think he would have to be a primary DH though. I could see two teams acquiring, like all three of them, if it were to come down to it. Like San Diego, you know, they're always looking for a catcher. I know that Gary Sanchez is hot, but you know they could use bullpen relief. And the other team, man, I I kind of wish. Like I'm a Yankee fan, so it don't matter. Like if they acquire Perez, I'm happy. But if they don't, they don't. But the Miami Marlins, if they're really going for it. Marlins needs a catcher. They can use two relievers. It'll be a perfect situation. And I think that'll be a great fit. Same with the Mets. They could use a catcher right now, too. Yeah. That'd be a good fit. I think they're um, going to Michael, you got any thoughts? Were you weighing in with any thoughts on this? Uh, no. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a Trevino guy. I mean, he, you know, he won my heart over last year. I know he hasn't been hitting that well. But, I mean, I think it's, you know, not having the defensive catcher, you know, seeing what it's like with life without him. Um, especially, you know, I know Garrett Cole appreciates it when, you know, one a ball, you know, less ball sneak by and give up a run if a guy's on third. So I, 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 I rather get the defensive side of it more than the bat just because 
I mean, you know, hopefully Stanton and some other guys can start swinging them. And, you know, we don't need his bat. All right, guys. So this has been a great episode. Uh, Michael, it was great to have you on board. You did fantastic. Uh, I look forward to talking to you some more. Derek Kassam, it's always a pleasure, as usual. We are coming in. We're going to make it under the one-hour mark, so John gets bragging rights tonight. Does anybody have anything they want to throw in? Just make it quick because we got to come in under an hour so I can tell Luke I did it. Come on, D-Hub. Come to Buffalo. That's all I want. <laughs> Go Yanks. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. Well, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful evening, morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. And I look forward to doing this again next week. So this is John from Bleacher Brawls. I'm saying goodbye with uh, Derek, Kasim, and Michael. Have a good one tonight, guys. Peace. All right, folks, that's the latest episode of Bleacher Brawls. Thanks for tuning in, for rating us five stars, and leaving us a nice review. And don't forget to check us out on BleacherBrawls.com, on YouTube, and on Twitter.